Hallelujah. So I'm excited. Uh, Pastor Angela asked me if I can preach this morning. And you need to understand that, that uh, for me, pre- preaching in English is a, is a challenge. Because uh, when, while I'm thinking in Spanish, my mouth is translating in English. So it, it's difficult. So it, it's really challenging for me to stand this morning. I preach in Spanish every Sunday. But when it comes to preaching English, it's a little different for me. And maybe you say, why? Why didn't you do it? And I mean, Pastor Angela was telling us last week that she used to beat up men. <laughs> so imagine if she come to me, can you preach next Sunday? I say, no. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, you don't want to get in trouble with Pastor Angela. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So today I want to take 30, 35 minutes to talk to you about faith. Amen. And maybe encourage you about keep walking in your faith. They keep believing God promises. How many of you here, God has given you promises? Promises for salvation. Promises for healing. Promises uh, uh, about you starting your own ministry. Hallelujah. How many? How many? All of us. All of us have promises, right? Uh, do, you guys ever, do you guys ever read uh, Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. Uh, I, I like it. How it says, in Spanish we call it the Heroes of Faith. And, and it talks about people like you and me. People with fears. People with defects, people with, with uh, so many difficulties. But one day, one day they hear, they hear the voice of God and they choose to believe it. And because they choose to believe it, they became heroes of faith. Amen? And that's why I named my, my sermon. Look at how beautiful that is. Thank you, Teresa. It says, Reaching God, God's Promises. Reaching God promises. Amen. So let's go real quick to Hebrews 12, uh, 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 1 says, look what the Apostle Paul says. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of weaknesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easy entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race Mark how for us. So all these people that Hebrews talk about that says by faith, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, by faith Sarah, by faith Abraham. The Bible says that they are in the clouds and they are witnessing the, the life that we are living. And they're cheering us and they're saying, Don't give up, Shelley. You can do it, Michelle. You got this in us. They are sharing for us. They're saying, if I was able to do it, you can do it as well. And then the Apostle Paul says, so let's, let's take away everything that is making us like not walking in the right way. And let's focus on this race that, that is being marked out for us. You guys ever seen uh, those big marathons in, in, in New York? Those big marathons where people run 
And you see people from, from all over the world, they, they will come to these marathons. And, and when the marathon starts, you see many people, like they start running with all their energy, with all their effort. But you see a guy from Kenya, you see this one guy from Kenya, no, not Kenya, Nigeria, Nigeria. Where is my, my Nigerian people? And you see all these people running so quick with all their energy, energy, and then you see this guy from Nigeria. And he goes there, and he keeps on going, and, and after a while, all these people, they, they, they start with this so much strength, they start to get tired. They start to, like, running out of energy. But the guy from Nigeria, he's... Why? Because it's about perseverance. It's about perseverance. It's, it's not about how quick you run. It's not about how fast you run. It's about perseverance. Perseverance means if, if you fall, if you fall, you get up. If you get dirty and you mess it up, you get up. And then you clean yourself and you keep on walking. Amen? Can you say amen? amen. Put your hands together for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, today I, want, I like to focus on the life of Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham was the father of the faith. Do you ever ask yourself how he got that title? I mean, that's such a big title, right? The father of the faith. How he got, how he achieved that title. Amen? I want you to understand that when you and I, when you and I, we are down, we are sad, we are discouraged, we can call Pastor Angela. We can call Pastor Angela and Pastor Angela will, will pray for us. She will give us a couple of Bible verses. Or we can go to the Bible and we can read the Psalms or we can read the, the Gospels and, we'll feel, and we will feel encouraged. But Abraham, he didn't have any of this. He didn't have anything. And the Bible says that one day God appeared to him and, and this unknown God Making all the, make to Abraham all these promises. And he chose to believe. The Bible says that hope against hope. What does that mean, Pastor, Pastor Jonathan? It means that while other people, the new Abraham, were hoping that everything was going to be bad for him, Abraham was hoping that those promises that God made to him will come true. In Jesus' name. Let's go to the Bible and see what it says. Romans 4, 18, 19. Romans 14, 18, 4, 18, 19. Sorry. Hallelujah. It says, Who contrary to hope in hope believe, so that he become the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So, hope against hope. God come to him, and I'm no God. I want you to, I want you to understand that God, the, the Bible says that Abraham was from Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur of the Chaldeans was located in Mesopotamia. 
Let's check real quick what Google say about Mesopotamia. It says, Abraham lived in Mesopotamia, known by scholars as one of the first civilizations in the world. Scripture tells us that Abraham was a native of Ur, a city located in the region of Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia was credited with being the first known civilization in the world. And according to archaeologists, Ur was a major port city, an urban center located in the Persian Gulf. So these, these people were idol worshippers. These people used to believe in, in the, 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 the sun, the God of the sun, the God of the air, the God of the water. And one day this unknown God comes to Abraham and says, if you come with me, if you choose to believe in me, I will give you all these promises. And he chose to believe. He chose to believe in God. And this is what God is asking us today. I'm asking you to believe. The, the word for God to you today is, I'm asking you to believe in what my word says. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis 15, 6. Genesis 15, 6 says, And he believed in the Lord. And he, who's he? The Lord counted to him for righteousness. Did y'all meaning the word? The, the, did y'all know the meaning of the word righteousness? This is what righteous, righteousness says in the dictionary. It says, acting in accord with divine and moral law, free from guilt or sin, is the quality or state of being morally correct and justified. So God says, because you are willing to believe, you are free from guilt, and you are morally correct and justified in my presence. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound familiar? That's what Jesus did for us in the Calvary Cross. I mean, last Sunday we were celebrating uh, Resurrection Sunday, remember? And the Bible teaches that when Jesus died for us in the cross, He makes us free from guilt of sin. He makes us morally correct. And He made us justified. And now the Bible calls us the righteousness of God. So now us, even more than Abraham, we can go to the presence of God and say, God, I choose to believe in Your promises. I choose to believe in what the Bible says. Lord, I confess that everything the Bible says for me, it's just an amen. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for God this morning. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him, hey, don't fall asleep because the preacher already saw you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Hebrews 11, 8, 10. Hebrews 11, 8, 10. It says, By faith Abraham... Obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with, with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. 
So, based on these Bible verses, I want to I wanna share with you three things that Abraham did with God that I believe because he did these three things, he was able to reach those promises. Amen? There's three things that God will make for us as believers through our uh, believing life. When you become when you become a son of God, God will do three, three things for us, which is deliverance, development, and destiny. All of us in this room are going to either one of those three things. Again, deliverance, development, and destiny. Deliverance is when you hear about God and you realize that He's real. And that you need saving. And you become a son of God. And now you, you, you have this hunger for Him. And you, you want to know more. That's deliverance. Then there's development. When, 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 when you realize that not just by coming to church is not enough. You have to study. You have to pray more. You have to, to, to become a, a, a real Christian that knows the Bible. That, that knows how to fight back the plans of the devil. That's development. And then there is destiny. All of us, we have a purpose. All of us. The Bible says that we are a body. We are the body of church. uh, The the body of Christ. And all of us, we have a function. Maybe you say, no, Jonathan, I'm I'm just like, like the guy that likes to come to. No. All of us. All of us have a purpose. And God is calling you to fulfill that purpose. And that is called your prophetic destiny. In Jeremiah 1, the Bible says that he called Jeremiah, and, and, and Jeremiah was in, in his mother's womb. And God called him, for, called him from over there and said, I, I, I'm calling you, and I choose you to do these things. And that prophecy, it goes for all of us in here. So I believe that, that God and Abraham did three things together. And because of those three things, he was able to, to reach his promises. Hallelujah. So the first thing that we need to do is we have to leave the world mentality. We have to leave the world mentality. Hebrews 11a says, By faith Abraham obeyed. Say with me, obeyed. When he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So the Bible tells us that that God show up and, and say to Abraham, Abraham, I have something for you. I have an inheritance for you. But for you to be able to receive it, you have to get out from the place that you are. And leave your family, leave your customs, leave your mentality, and go to a place that I'm not going to show you just yet where it is. Because you have to get there by faith. Now, why is God asking Abraham to leave? Why? For you to understand that, you need to read the chapter before the calling of Abraham. In Genesis, the chapter before Abraham calling talks about the Bible Tower. You guys ever heard about the Bible Tower? 
The Bible, the Bible says that, 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 that all human race got together as one people. And they built a city. And in the middle of the city, they built a tower. And they say, let's build this tower that is going to reach the heavens. We don't need God. We are intelligence. We have science. We have, we have power. We don't need God. In fact, if there is a God, we, we can go to Him. We, we were going to show this so-called God that we can go to Him. And, and the Bible said that when God heard what man was doing, He came down. So that means that it doesn't matter how high, how high you get, how much money you make, how powerful you are, how important your name is, God's, God still has to come down to come see you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? So God is calling us, all of us, all Christians, all those who believe in Him, to leave this world mentality. Why? Because this world, this world system is pushing God out of the way. So you have to make a stand. It's not okay for us to to be in church on Sunday and be in the world mentality on Monday. You will never, you will never get to know the the plan that God has for you until you set up your mind and say, I will follow what God is calling me to do. This world system, a world system where lying is okay, evil is okay, stealing is okay, gossiping is okay, fornication is okay, abortion is okay. It's trying to put God to the side and God is telling us, you have to leave that. What motivated Abraham to leave, to be obedient? Because he obeyed. How many in here are willing to obey? What motivate God to, to uh, what motivate Abraham to leave? The Bible says that, that God had an inheritance for him. An inheritance is like a will, something that is for you. But what needs to happen for you to get that will? Something needs to die. And God is asking us, you need to die to yourself. We need to die, die to ourselves. Because it's necessary. The Bible says it's necessary for us to go down so that Jesus can rise up in us. So the question for us today is what is more important for us? What is more important for you? Is, is, is more important your current location where you are in life right now? Or is more important the calling that God is giving you today? It's your own choice. It, was it difficult? Yes, it's difficult because it's where we were born or mentality. I remember when I was a senior, for me, lying was normal. I mean, everybody was doing it. Stealing was normal. I mean, everybody was doing it. And then I met God and I learned that His commands. And then I choose, I will not do this anymore because I want to honor God. And that's another thing. It's something that we have to do willingly in obedience. The Bible says that, that, that Abraham heard the voice of God and he obeyed. Amen. So the first thing you need to know, if you want to reach all those promises that God has for you, is that we have to leave 
the world mentality. We have to make a stand and say we are no longer living in the mentality of this world system. This world system is actions and mindset that keeps God out. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two. The second thing we need to do is learn to wait on God. Amen. Say with me, waiting on God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.9. Hebrews 11.9 says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign, foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. So, he left the world. He's no longer associated with the world. He left. Now, he's living in the Lamb of Promise. I don't know why my mouth gets so dry in here. It's crazy. My God. So, he's no longer living in the world. He's no longer associated in this world system. Now, he's living in the Lamb of Promise. But the Bible says that he's living in the promised land, but he's living as a foreigner, as an alien. He's waiting on God. Waiting for us as human species is one of the most harder things that we have to do. Why? Because we get so impatient. God, how long this is going to take? God, when are you going to come through for me? God, why I feel like I do three steps forward, but six backwards? You need to understand that the timing of God is always perfect in your life. We might, we might don't understand why I have to wait so much, but He understands. The timing of God is always perfect in your life, in my life, in everybody's life. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Bible. Hallelujah. Psalm 25.5. Psalm 25.5. Look what King David says. Hallelujah. You got it? Do we? Do we? No? No? He's coming. He's coming. Okay, I got it right here, so I read it for you. So Psalm 25.5 says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. That's King David. Do you know that King David was called a man after God's own heart? He knew God's heart. He understood, he understood God's heart. And he said, you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait the whole day, the whole day long. Why? Because while I'm waiting, God is leading me in His truth. And He is also, what the Bible says, He's teaching me. So while we're waiting, God is leading us in His truth. And He is also teaching us, teaching me, teaching you. Hallelujah. Then Isaiah 60, 22. Isaiah 60, 22. Hallelujah. says, the smallest family, the smallest family will become a thousand people. 
and the tiniest group, Mari, I, I make this Bible verse our own. Okay? Tough Espanol. We are a tiny group. But in the future, God's timing is perfect. Mari, hallelujah. It says the smallest family will become a thousand people. And the tiniest group will become, what the Bible says, a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows when is the right time. He knows when is the right time. When we are waiting, God is doing two things for you and for me. He is preparing the promise for you, my brother. Whatever He promised you, He is preparing that promise for you. But He is also preparing you for the promise. Why is that so important, Pastor Jonathan? So that when the promise is ready for us, and He gives it to us, we don't mess it up. We need to be ready. Let me give you an example. My son Jeremy, he's, he's driving. He's, he gets, come on Jeremy, you got this. So he's learning, he's taking his classes. And, and me as a father, I'm proud of my son Jeremy. I mean, look at that handsome, good looking young man. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you put your hands together for Jeremy? <laughs> Hallelujah. Look. He's only, he's about to be 18. And I see my son Jeremy singing and doing praise and worship. When I was 18, I was selling drugs, listening to Snoop Doggy Dog and Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Can you see how faithful God it is? So anyways, the promise. <laughs> so I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for Jeremy that I, I want to give him a good car. Something nice so that he can like, show up with the girls, huh? <laughs> So I want to I wanna give him something good. Let's say, let's say that I get Jeremy a Beamer, a BMW. Such a nice car, fancy car. I mean, but if he's not ready, when he, when he starts driving that car, he's going to destroy it. And not only destroy the car, in that process, he's going to hurt himself. And he's going to hurt other people too. So do you see why it's so important that you are ready? God is not going to give you something that you're going to hurt yourself. And He's not going to give you something that you are going to hurt people. And then destroying the whole vision that He's been waiting to give you. Can you, can you understand that? Can you understand that? Yes. So the waiting is very important for us. And there's two things. There's two, two things. My God. I've been preaching in Spanish every Sunday, and my mouth is like... Uh, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's two things that we need to do while we're waiting. The first thing is be available. Remember, God is, He wants to give you development. But how can God grow you and give you development if you are not available? I give you another example. God has been calling me. I'm 43 years old. And God has been calling me to be a minister since I was 22. And I didn't want it to be a preacher. So I've been running away all my life from the preaching stuff. Because I live with my brother and I know 
what you need to do, what it takes to be a pastor, to be a preacher, where people betray you, where you can love them and pray for them and be there for them. And one day people will be like, I just don't like this church anymore and leave. So I didn't want that in my life. So I was running away from God. Since 22, He's been calling me. Okay? To the point that I used to go to churches and God was always telling me things through people. I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. It was times that I would go to a place and I would say, God, talk to other people. There's other people here. Why, why me? Seriously, though. Uh, look, I remember once we went to this uh, Puerto Rican church because we come from Puerto Rico, right? Uh, and, and we sit at the very end where you are, my brother. Nobody knows there. Okay, so the service went pretty awesome. And at the end, the pastor, he did an altar call. An altar call. And he said, the gentleman at the very end. And I'm like, come on, God. <laughs> so he called me to the altar. And, 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 I, and I come to the altar. And he take his jacket off. And he put it to me. And he said, God says that this jacket is not too big for you. That it fits you perfectly. So at that point, I realized that I need to get straight with God. And be obedient and start preparing for what God was calling me to do. But imagine if I was available earlier, I could, I could start the vision years before. You see what I'm saying? So we need to be available. All of us, again, we have a calling. And maybe you don't know just yet. You need to ask God, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? And the best way for you to find out is try different things. Try helping, like greeting. I love greeting. Go to a prison ministry. I don't know. Be a Sunday, Sunday school teacher. And, and, and as you do all those things, you start feeling like, okay, I think this is what God wants me to do. But we have to be available. Because how can God grow you if you're not available? If God is chasing you and you're running away, you have to stay still. And say, God, I'm here. Do whatever you want me to do. I'm here. Do it. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So we, while we're waiting, we have to be available. And the other thing that is very important is don't rush things. Don't rush it. Again, God's timing is perfect. Don't say like, maybe if I do it this way, it's going to happen faster. Maybe if I talk to these people, it's going to happen faster. Don't do it. Because you're going to mess it up. And that's exactly what happened to Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old when God promised him a son. Amen? And he received that promise when he was a hundred years old. It took 25 years. Because one day, Sarah, they were waiting. And she said, what if you go sleep with my servant? And then we have a child. And that's the child of the promise. And they totally messed it up. Now, they, they did have a child. But from that child, it came out another nation. And now, until today... The Jewish people and the Muslim people, they're still fighting each other. Do you see what can happen when we rush God? 
So while we wait, we need to be available to Him. But don't rush it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Are you guys understanding, understanding what I'm trying to preach? I'm almost done. I promise you that I'm about to be done so that you can go have a nice lunch. Hallelujah. And if you want to invite me, I, I can go too. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm almost done. Can you, can you guys give me five minutes? Can, can, you can give me five minutes. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five. Uh, thirty, thirty. No, no, nah, nah, I'm just kidding. Ten, ten more minutes. Ten more minutes. So we have to leave the world mentality. And then when we get to leave the world mentality, we need to learn to wait on God. Be available, but don't rush it. Amen? And the last thing, and the last thing that Abraham did. Hallelujah. Number three is, keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your eyes on heaven. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.10 says, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let me ask you a question. Is there any city here in this planet Earth whose designer and builder is God? No. There's no city like that. So that means that Abraham was keep, he was keep looking to the heavens. Because here's the secret. As long as you keep looking at heaven, your time here on earth is going to be more easy. We have to keep, we have to be functioning on earth while we keep our eyes on heaven. Amen? Let's go, let's go to uh, Colossians. Colossians 3, 1, 2. Colossians 3, 1, 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ. How many here? How many here have been raised with Christ? If you are a new creature, yes, you are. The Bible says that the, the, the old you die. And there's a new you, shiny and good looking and well dressed. Hallelujah. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are about where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, say with me, set your mind on the things that are about. Not on the things they are that are on earth. Why? Because this world is passing away. This body is passing away. So if we are, if we are concentrated or thoughts of, of keep working on the things of earth, earth is all you get. Remember that the Bible says that. That we are citizens of heaven. Your passport. Your passport is from heaven. Heaven is your final destination. I like that. I like that. The Bible says that, that we are aliens in this planet. Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and says, and tell him, you are an alien. Now look again and tell him, no wonder why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, this world is passing away. So we have to keep thinking of heaven while we function on earth. Abraham, leave this world mentality. 
Then he got to the promised land. While he was in the promised land, he was waiting on God. And how he was able to do it? Because he kept his eyes looking at heaven. Heaven is our final destination. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This world is passing away. That's why the things of this earth are addicting to us. That's why drugs are addicting. That's why alcohol is addicting. That's why pornography is addicting. That's why gambling is addicting. That's why sex is addicting. That's why video games is addicting. That's why some people are addicting to eat. That's why some people are addicting to work. Why? Because the devil wants us to stay focused on the things of this earth. And then when, when we realize that, that, that we were wrong, it's, it's too late. You see what I'm trying to say? So the, the secret for you to stay on earth is to keep your eyes on heaven. Wherever it is happening, whatever is happening in this earth does not affect you. Because you are moved by the rules of heaven. Your bank account works with heaven. Your body works with heaven. That means the sicknesses and the seas are not allowed in your body. But you have to operate in faith. God, just like Abraham did. Just like Abraham did. God, your, your promises for me are just an amen. And, and how he was able to do all these things. If you read Genesis Chapter 12 and 13 says that everywhere he went, everywhere Abraham went, he built an altar. An altar is a worshiping place. So every situation he went, he built a place. And said, God, it's you and me now. God, your promises that you make for me. God, just an amen. God, the Bible says that you are walking with me like a powerful giant. An altar is a worshiping place. If you are only worshiping in some days, that means that you're leaving your altar in church. Your altar, it needs to go everywhere you go. With you, if you are in the house, worship. If you are working, worship. If you're going through a situation, worship. If there is trouble with my kids, worship. If there is something going on, worship. Hallelujah. But we have to Set our mind straight and make the choice. Hallelujah. So God is telling you today those dreams. And maybe you say, but Jonathan, you all, everything you talk is about ministry. And I, I'm waiting for promises that God has have, have made to me, like my family being saved, my, my sister being healed. And why is it so important for you to get in God's will? And God's calling, because the Bible says that, that if we seek the kingdom of God first, what, what the Bible says? Everything else. Everything else. Say with me, everything else. Everything else will come. So as soon as you get on God's track, everything else will start working for you the better. Hallelujah. So God is telling you today, if you believe in me, if you choose to leave this world mentality, and go and wait for me so that I can train you. So that I can bring you deliverance, development, and destiny. I will take you to those promises. But the question for you 
Today is, you want to stay where you are, or you want to come and find out God's destiny. But the only way to get there is by faith. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. and Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because it's by faith. It's by faith, God. It's not for what we see. It's not for what we feel. It's not for what the Bible, the the bank account is saying, Lord. It's for your promises. I would like to make two altar calls today. If you feel like you have promises, and you feel that somehow those promises are stuck, and you feel like that you're not moving, like you're like stuck, not walking forward or backwards, I would like to pray for you. And the other calling is, if you're sick, when I was sitting right there during praise and worship, the Holy Spirit was telling me, healing is available in this house. Healing is available in this house. So if you're sick... Come to the altar, because I would like to pray for you. But come, come, let's, let's come to the altar. Let's, let's be obedient in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your word, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To you the glory, to you the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise, we give you praise. Holy Spirit.